So tonight's lesson in chapter 7 is talking about the weapons of our warfare. And if you will turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18, you'll find out where the Apostle Paul is talking to the church at Ephesus. And he's telling them to put on the full armor of God. Ephesians chapter 6. This is something that you need to definitely get in your spirit. This camera on fence. It don't look like it's on. It is. It is. Oh, I'm sorry. I see the red light blinking. Yeah. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The Apostle Paul said, Finally, my brethren. So who's he talking to? He's talking to the church. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. We get our strength by being in the Lord, not of ourselves. We're no match for the devil outside of Christ, but inside Christ, the devil's no match for us. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Who's going to be standing against the wiles of the devil? Us. You are. Jesus ain't going to be standing there. He's already whooped the devil. But we still got to deal with him. He's still around. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse 14, stand therefore. Having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Verse 15. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Verse 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly. Everybody say boldly. Boldly. As I ought to speak. Hallelujah. So the Apostle Paul 
tells us that we're going to be in a war. Spiritual warfare. And it's a shame, but it's truthful, I believe. I think I believe it'd be a true statement that a lot of folks in the body of Christ don't know anything about how to fight a spiritual battle. They don't know how to, how to put on the armor. They don't know how to operate uh, and how to take authority over the enemy when he does come. They, they don't know anything about uh, in the name of Jesus taking authority. They don't know anything about speaking the word of God when the enemy comes. They don't know how to, how to plead the blood of the lamb. They don't know how to do these type of things. And the enemy is con constantly bombarding them and hitting them and shooting fiery darts at them. And actually they're getting hit with the fiery darts. But whenever you put on the full armor of God, you have a protection. And the, the Apostle Paul said, we in a war. We in a war. Just because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, didn't, he didn't uh, completely take the devil out of the picture and put him in the lake of fire. One day he will be in the lake of fire. Amen? Amen. The devil will be finished one day, but that's not happened yet. There's many scriptures, and we covered it last week, about the ruler of this world. And he, he continues to roam about on, this, on, on the earth, seeking whom he may devour. He's still here. He's still devoured. He's still here to steal, kill, and destroy. We still have a spiritual foe. We have a spiritual enemy. And who does he dislike on the earth more than anything? He, he dislikes those that are following Christ. Oh, you became his enemy whenever you got born again. And the more you learn about the believer's authority and you start to operate in it, he's going to do everything he can to stop you from coming to church to hear this. He's going to do anything he can to stop you from walking in the believer's authority. Because when you start walking in that authority, then he's def he, you put him in his place under your feet. So he tells us that we have, uh, we're in a war, and he tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. The thing you got to understand about a war, about spiritual warfare, when you come under attack, is a lot of times we come under attack, and, and it's through somebody. But remember, it ain't the person, it ain't the flesh and blood, ain't your battle. It ain't the person you're looking at. You ain't supposed to hate them. You're not supposed to resent them. You're not supposed to be evil toward them. That's a battle in itself. Bless your enemies. Try that. Do good to those who persecute you. Try that. And see if that ain't spiritual warfare. Because you won't like it. Your flesh won't like it. That means you've entered into warfare. Amen? Amen. So behind the attack is, is, is spirits working through people. And sometimes they work through good people. They can work through your family. They can work through people in your church. I've seen church members attack other church members. Amen. I've heard church members talk about other church members. I've heard church members talk about their pastors. Not me, but their other pastor. <laughs> me not to be excluded, but... Anyhow, all that is the warfare is not against one another, 
But I've seen other people, in, even in the church, come face to face and just about get into a fight, even in church. That's flesh and blood. That's what the devil wants us to do, is to fight each other. But the real battle is behind the scene, you don't see the enemy. We fight an invisible enemy. We don't see the devil walking around. But he'll get into people's minds and they'll think they're right and they'll think you wrong and they'll begin to talk about one another. And the war starts. And that what we got to do is understand what's going on here. See, a lot of people don't understand what's happening. And they just, they stay in the flesh. The other one's in the flesh. They gossip. They talk about each other. And finally it comes to a head one day where they're ready to fight each other. And they born again, brothers and sisters, blood bought. And that shouldn't be. They fight the wrong fight. They should be fighting again. They got to go into their prayer closet. And they begin, got to begin to bind. And they got to begin to loose. They got to plead the blood. They got to take authority over the unseen enemy and that spiritual warfare. He said, we don't fight against flesh and blood. That ain't our battle. You got to remember that when you come in, under attack. It ain't that person. It's something behind that person that's making them act that way. So, uh, he said, we fight against principalities. There seems to be a, a ranking system, so to speak, in the enemy's kingdom. Satan's got a kingdom. Jesus has a kingdom. Satan's kingdom is the kingdom of darkness. Jesus' kingdom is the kingdom of light, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. Satan wants to divide. Christ's kingdom is all about unity. Amen? Satan's kingdom is about hate, resentment, unforgiveness. Christ's kingdom is about love, peace, goodness, love one another. Amen? So you see the contrast, the difference? So you ought to be able to find out when the enemy's at work because the devil's kingdom is about darkness. It's about division. It's about hate. It's about stealing, killing, and destroying. We fight against principalities. Our battle's against rulers of the darkness. Powers, rulers of the darkness. And even spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. A lot of people don't understand, but in the heavenlies, in the heavenlies, there's there's uh, demonic spirits that are, that flow. That listen, they they spirits over Madison. They spirits over every city. They spirits evil spirits over Washington D.C. Yeah, they spirits over San Francisco. There's evil spirits over California, the state. Uh, different states, different manifestations of that spirit is what you'll see. If you see a, a heavy influence of homosexuality in an area, heavy, you know there's a homosexual spirit ruling and reigning in this area. Some are stronger than others. Amen? But the church is supposed to stand up against them all. Amen? Amen. We ain't supposed to give in, cave in, or quit. When we see a spirit coming in, we got to rise up and take authority. But half the church don't know nothing about no spiritual warfare or taking no authority. Therefore, they just let it take place and say, well, Jesus is going to take care of this in the end. Well, he is. But until he does, 
We are put here to rule in the reign. In Christ. Amen? Amen. We, since he died on the cross and rose from the dead, he gave the church victory. We're not fighting from a defeated place. We are to maintain the victory from which Christ has already given us. Amen? We are maintaining victory. We're not going to let, if, I, if Jesus has given me authority here in the church, I'm not supposed to let the devil came in, come in and destroy it. I got to fight for righteousness. I got to fight for truth. I got to stand for truth. If I, a demon tried to come in here and invade the, the house of the Lord, like that witch did years ago, I, the pastor, got to take some authority here. And I took some authority, and I said, you can't come here. You're not going to operate here and no spirit of witchcraft. You got to go. And guess what happened? The witch left. If I hadn't, the witch would have stayed as long as I permitted it. That's what we've been learning. The enemy will stay as long as you permit him. You got to run him off. You got to take authority. So, the Apostle Paul lays it all out what we're fighting against. One of the best illustrations is about the spiritual wickedness in heavenly places that I can remember in Scripture is Daniel. Y'all remember when Daniel, they told him not to pray, but he went to pray in anyhow. And, uh, no, I'll tell you, they thought him in the line then, but he continued to pray after that. And he said, it's time for uh, Babylon, uh, Israel to be set free from Babylon. It's time for us to go home. Our 70 years are complete here. And he started fasting and praying. And from the first day he got on his knees fasting and praying, the Lord heard his prayers. And he sent an angel. Angels in the Bible talk about messengers. They sent... God sent an angel as a messenger to Daniel in Babylon. And when the angel left heaven to come down into this realm, I believe there's three spiritual realms. The first one is where we are. The third one is where God is. Because the apostle Paul said, I was caught up into the third heaven. That's the third realm. Amen? That's where God is. And he's saying, I've seen things that I'm not even able to speak to you about. To declare unto you right now. You're not ready for it. Anyhow, Paul went up to the third heaven. If there's a third heaven, and there's a first, and there's also a second. Between one and three is two. And when Daniel was praying, the angel left heaven. And as he come down to get to the first one, where Daniel is, he entered into a conflict with the prince of Persia. Which is a demon spirit and a spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's a strong, strong demon. That's the high rank. The principality, the first one Paul rent, is just mediocre. He's low level demon. Okay? There's different ranks. Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness and spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. It's like going from private to sergeant to colonel to general. You understand? The rank of authority. The devil has a, an army of evil that operates under a chain of command. So anyhow, Daniel's praying that God sent an angel to deliver, to tell Daniel uh, the message, but he entered into a conflict with the prince of Persia 
And it withstood him, that angel of the Lord, 21 days. They fought in heaven. Can you imagine this with your mind? What's taking place? The devil got a prince of Persia up here, high-ranking demon, and it's withholding the angel of the Lord, and they're fighting. Listen, don't think God didn't know what was going on. God wasn't sitting there like, I didn't know you was fighting for 21 days. God knows there's a almighty God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit knows all about the warfare. It took place for 21 days. Daniel's still praying. He's still fasting. He's like, I ain't giving up. I ain't giving up. I didn't get my answer the first day, the second day, the 10th day, 15th day. I'm sticking with it. That's warfare. To keep praying when you don't see no results, that is warfare too. Amen? Y'all see what warfare is, right? Because while you're down on your knees and you're praying and ain't nothing happening, all these little old principalities are coming by every now and then. They say, it ain't happened yet. Then they come back by in a little while and they say, it still ain't happened yet. And then another one comes by and says, it ain't going to happen. Warfare. So that's why you like, if you ain't careful, you'll buy them little thoughts that them little principalities run by and, and put a little seed in your ear. Thought life. And, and that thing you know, like, well, I guess it ain't going to happen. So I'll just get up. I'll just quit praying. But Daniel stuck with it 21 days. And finally, God said, I'm going to send another angel that is going to fight off, fight with the prince of Persia, and it's going to relieve the first messenger, and the first messenger is going to make it to Daniel. So that's what happened. They were still fighting up in heaven when the messenger was relieved and came to Daniel. And when he reached Daniel, he said, Daniel, I would have been here on day one because from the first day that you began to pray, God sent me to tell you something that your prayers were answered and y'all were coming home. He's fixing to bring you out. He heard your prayers, but I have been withstood and I've been fighting with the Prince of Persia for 21 days. So the, the, the fight was still going, but Daniel got the message finally. Do you see what happens sometime when you're praying? Whenever you're praying for something, hallelujah, you gotta be intense. You gotta stick with it. It may not happen the first day, the second day. But as you stick with it, there's a war going on that you don't know nothing about. You can't see. It's called spiritual warfare. Amen? Amen. Listen, whenever you fast and pray, you're going into warfare. Do you know your flesh don't want you to fast? Anybody tried it lately? Yeah. Whenever you even hear the word fast, you're like, oh, I hope you don't start preaching on fasting tonight. <laughs> Flesh already start pulling back. So there's this, that everything in here is, is spirit is, is script that is scriptural, is truth, it is fact, and it always shows up in scripture. So the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places is true. And there you see it in the book of Daniel, the war that goes on in heaven. So Paul said, when you we don't fight against flesh and blood, it ain't about another person. It ain't about the pastor. It ain't about the person uh, sitting next to you. There's a war going on There's, at, at work. If you have conflict with somebody at work, you got to pray about it. You got to take authority over some things. If you don't take authority, 
You, them things will agitate you. You'll go to work, you'll be agitated every day. That's a spiritual attack. You're under attack. Paul said, put on the full armor of God. He said that you, not him, you, not Jesus, will be able to withstand in the evil day. He said, you the one need the armor down here on the earth. You the one need to be walking in this. And he named six pieces of armor. The Lord belt of truth. He said, you got to put it on. Who's going to put it on for you? Pastor ain't going to put it on for you. I don't dress y'all on Sunday morning. Y'all got to put your own armor on, right? Amen. There's some things in the spiritual realm you can't do for other people. You can pray for them, but I can't put your armor on for you. And no, putting your armor on is all about knowing who you are in Christ is what this all means. And when Paul put this, uh, when he talks about this armor, he was looking at a Roman soldier. He was looking at their armor. And he began to apply spiritual truth to their armor. And he said, first thing you got to put on, the first thing is the long belt of truth. This belt right here. The law and battle truth. That's the first thing you got to put on. The next, this is how I put it on. I mean, the Bible, maybe have it in a different order. The law and battle truth. And then you, you got to shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Got to put it on. The breastplate of righteousness. You got to put it on. The hammer of salvation. You got to put it on. The sword of the spirit, right here. You got to pull it out. The sword of the spirit. The Bible said the sword of the spirit is the word of God. The shield of faith. It said when you pick up the shield of faith and you use it and apply it, when the enemy is shooting fiery darts at you, it didn't say he wasn't going to shoot them. They're going to be shot. He's releasing them out of his boat. And you got to pick up the shield of faith. It, that, that, that arrow hits the shield and it's quenched. It hits the, air, the, the shield and it's quenched. It hits the shield and it's quenched. You ever see the movies in the, the older, uh, the Romans, they fight, they'll get up under them shields and hide. And the arrows, they'll shoot thousands of arrows through the air. They see them coming. Man, it, the sky turns black. Ain't nothing but arrows coming down. They just... They all get up under their shield. And those, those shields, those arrows, boom, 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 boom. when they get done, there'll be 10, 15 arrows in that shield. And then they get up and they're ready to fight. But that shield quenched the fiery darts that the enemy's going to shoot at you. He's going to shoot them. That's what he does. That's going to happen. Don't think the attacks are not going to come. You, Any Christian that says, I'm exempt from any attacks of the enemy, does not know how this works. You are uh, going to come under attack. It don't matter how long you've been saved. You're going to come under attack. Amen. What do you do under attack? Now I got to thinking about what happens when you don't put it on. What happens when Paul said put it on and you decide 
I don't believe that. I don't. Hey, some people don't believe in demons. Hey, some people don't believe uh, in spiritual warfare. Don't understand how it works. Don't believe in it. Don't think the demons are still operating today. They think demons are 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 Disney characters or something. But what happened when you don't put it on? This was the question that came to my mind today. What happened when you don't put on your law and belt of truth? The law and belt of truth speaks of truth. And the law and belt, the, the key thing about the law and belt is why you put it on first is because in the Roman uh, armor, your breastplate and your and your the, the feet were shod with the preparation of God's plea, the peace, this and the breastplate was both connected to the lawn belt. That means your peace is connected to truth. Your breastplate of righteousness is connected to truth. Without the lawn belt, when you go to fighting, if you ain't got your lawn belt on, your breastplate ain't attached, neither are your, your, your loins guarded with peace. Whenever you start running, your, your arm is just flapping in the wind. But whenever you got the lawn belt on, it, it holds everything together. Truth holds everything in place. This is the truth. This keeps everybody out of error. So whenever you don't put on the lawn belt of truth, what are you vulnerable to? You're vulnerable to attacks. When you don't know the truth, you can believe a lie, like Sister said earlier, believe a lie and be damned. 1 John is it chapter 4 or chapter 5 said there's the spirit of truth and there's the spirit of error. Y'all see what I'm saying? There's the spirit of truth and there's the spirit of error in the world. When you don't know have on the long belt of truth, you are vulnerable to the attack of getting in error, being deceived. There's a lot of people deceived in the world. You know why? They don't put much emphasis on putting on the law and belt of truth. Knowing the truth. Putting it on is knowing it. Amen? Amen. Oh, Listen, when you don't got your belt on, folks walking around pulling their breasts up all day long. The belt is put keep everything in place. Amen? I ain't much on that uh, busting slack deal. I like to see pants up, not pants on ground. Amen? Put the long belt of truth on. I might buy Mr. Spenders. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll help you, Lord, you need any help with that. Whenever you don't put on the armor, you become vulnerable to attacks. Paul said to put on this so you'll be able to withstand in the evil day. He said, you put it on, you are, you are covered. You are covered, you are protected from the wiles of the devil if you put it on. But if you don't, you are vulnerable to attacks. What happens if you don't put on the lawn belt? If you don't, here's the thing about the breastplate of righteousness. You've got to know you're righteous in Christ. When you don't understand your righteousness, guess what? You are vulnerable to. You're vulnerable to the spirit of condemnation and guilt and shame. That leaves you open. Because you don't know you're righteous. 
Therefore, the enemy's always able to beat you up with who you used to be. Yes, sir. You've got to understand righteousness. Righteousness cannot be earned. It is imputed. It is a gift of righteousness that Jesus paid for through his death, burial, and resurrection. He imputed his righteousness to you. You cannot earn it. When you know you're righteous, whenever you know you're walking in truth, you've got the preparation of the gospel of peace going on, you're walking around in peace, hallelujah, the devil's going to try to come steal your peace. He's going to try to get you flustered, frustrated, stressful, anxiety. Whenever you don't put on, you, when you don't shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, you know what you're vulnerable to? Anxiety and fear. Peace protection. Jesus is our peace. He is our peace. Every one of these, these, these pieces of armor is what Jesus Christ gave you. And in Him, you have the armor on. Amen? See, without an understanding of what the armor is, it's more than just going through a routine. I got the long belt of truth on. I got the shop. I got the breastplate. I got this on. I got this on. I got that. I'm ready to go. And somebody say, you got on your breastplate the rest of the day? Yes, sir. I put it on. What does that mean? I do not know. <laughs> you don't know. If you don't know, it won't help you. Just going through a routine like people say in a prayer. Yes. Reciting a prayer. With no heart in it. No faith in it. It's dead. Ain't going nowhere. Ain't going to the ceiling. You got to know your, who you are in Christ. The helmet of salvation. When you put it on, the Bible said we have the mind of Christ. Man, when I put on the helmet of salvation, I'm locked in. I got the mind of Christ on up under here. You know that Roman soldier, he had, a, he had a, this little lid that come up and down like that? When they was in war, they had that thing covered. Man, your enemy don't know who's up under that hat. They don't know who's up under there. Unless you take the hat off, he don't know who's up under there. Jesus is up under there. Christ didn't use up under there. You got on the hammer of salvation, it protects your mind from demonic thoughts. And the, our warfare, our battleground, primarily is in the mind. You need the helmet of salvation on. Amen. The blood of the Lamb is what bought salvation. When you put on the helmet, you're covering your mind with the blood. I got the mind of Christ on. I'm protected. My mind is protected with truth, with salvation. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You've got to be able to, that is your offensive weapon. That is the one. It's not just defense. It ain't, I'm protecting myself with the sword, with the, uh, with the shield of faith. Most of the others are defensive. The sword of the spirit is the offensive weapon. When the enemy comes at you, you got to open your mouth. And you got to speak, it is written. Y'all remember Mark, Matthew chapter 4? When the enemy came? We had talked about it. If you've been at harvest time, you've got to know this one. When the enemy came... And he began to tempt Jesus. Jesus said three times, three different temptations. It is written. 
And then he spoke the word. Amen. Amen. It was already in him. He didn't have to go looking for a Bible to find a verse. It was already in his heart. It was in his spirit. It was in his mind. And when the enemy hit him, he came out with the sword. He pulled it. You could say he pulled it. And whenever he starts swinging it, it's whenever he's speaking it. Speaking the word. Speaking the word. Speaking the word. That's how you use the sword of the spirit is you say, it is written. The enemy comes at you. He had no protection against the sword of the spirit. The devil lost that day. The devil lost that day he came against Jesus. Jesus defeated him with the written word of God, the sword of the spirit. He didn't think it. He spoke it. You have to learn it, get it in you, and you have to speak it out your mouth. Amen. That's how you use it. Last but not least, it's the shield of faith. The devil's going to come. He's going to shoot. He's shooting at you, boy. He's shooting at us, Vince, from time to time. i got to get that, Pastor Stacy. He's going overseas. i got to shoot some. Y'all, get some demons up. Get them bows ready. Get them darts, them, them, them arrows ready. Get them hot and shoot them. Shoot them. Man, i got to stay ready. Every believer has to stay ready. Once you get saved and you get to know the believer's authority, you come on the hit list. You on the devil's hit list. He's coming. And in, the, in our book that we read, Brother Hagin said a man came up to him after he'd been preaching on the believer's authority, and the man said, well, I tried that. It didn't work. I tried that. It didn't work. Brother Hagin said, well, are you calling God a liar? Because God said, he's given us authority. You saying it don't work, God says it does. Good way to put it. God don't lie. Amen. If he gave you authority, he gave you the way to protect yourself and how to walk in victory, and you don't know how to use it, don't blame it on God for not working. Let's learn how to work it. Listen, here's the thing about God's word. It works. Amen. Always know that. God's word works. If it ain't working, it ain't a, a fault of God. Amen? Amen? It ain't God's fault. If there's any failure anywhere, it'll be found in me. That's right. Not him. Amen? Because his word is true. He said heaven and earth uh, will pass away, but not his word. His word will abide forever. Amen. His word is truth. It may not came out like I wanted it to, but that don't never let the devil tell you God's word don't work. Amen. If he tells you that and you believe that lie in one area, in one area, it'll carry over into another area. That's right. If you were praying for somebody to be well and they didn't get healed and they ended up dying and you say, well, healing ain't for today. Well, that, that unbelief will fall into another area too. Don't ever think that. God's word is true, regardless of your experience. Yes. Amen. Amen? Your experience don't make God's word true or untrue. God's word is true always. Amen? Amen. So whenever you don't put it on, you're walking out the door naked. 
And when the enemy's coming at you, you're going to get hit with everything he throws. You ain't got no protection if you don't put on the whole armor of God. So put it on. This is how you fight your warfare. Satan don't want you to know your authority. Y'all get anything out of this? I was thinking about a, something earlier about an illustration. Anybody got any questions? When I look at that, Pastor, I think of a soldier. Okay. He's going out to battle. Mm-hmm. He comes out and there's an inspection. They got to be inspected. They got to have on their whole armor. That's right. They don't stand there and leave without their gun or yeah. whatever they're to take to battle. That's right. And that's the same thing with us. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Brother Skidmore told me today when he was in Iraq, that they had a suit. Was it biological warfare suit? Yeah, warfare and it, they gave it to everybody. It was up to you whether you wanted to wear it or not. Right. Here's the thing. It was not comfortable. It was hot in Iraq. This suit, Brother Vince said, was like putting on a scuba diving suit over your other uniform. And it's 100 degrees over there on top of that. It's like you baking in this suit. But this suit will protect you from biological weapons like nerve agents, if that bomb comes over and it hits and that nerve agent begins to go through the air and you don't have your suit on, you're done. You can't, when the bomb falls, you can't then start putting on the suit. It's too late to put on the suit now. You've got to have a suit on before the attack. That's why we got to get up, we got to always be ready, suited up, Every day for whatever comes. If it comes, hallelujah, I'm ready. I know who I am in Christ Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah, will help me through this day. He will help me win the victory. But I got to do my part. Put on the suit. Most of us wait till we get hit. Then we, oh, oh, I, I got I to start praying more now. I got to start fasting more now. We should have been Getting ready before the attack is better than getting ready than after the attack. Amen? Any questions? Okay. Um, when you're talking about someone who has a demonic spirit on them, um, do you pray out loud to believe his authority? Or do you like pray to yourself? You say when I'm under your attack, do you pray out loud? No, when you come up against somebody that is like demon possessed, like God. like just has operating in a spirit, mm-hmm. do you pray out loud? Do you confront that spirit in front of him, or you just kind of pray? Well, you have to. Uh, I would say be led by the spirit. There's sometimes that you need to, if it manifests, if they start foaming at the mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a full-fledged demonic attack. I would say deal with it right then, openly. Uh, if you come under attack, say somebody's talking about you behind your back or whatever, and you see them in the store, uh, it ain't time for, I know you're gossiping about me, and I'm going to cast this spirit of gossip out of you right here in Walmart. No, I don't think that's it. Uh You'll know when. But being led by the Spirit helps you 
The Holy Spirit's in us to help us every day. If we enter a spiritual battle, uh, he'll bring up scriptures to you to be standing on. When Joshua was going through that attack years ago, they thought that he might have uh, the C word uh, because his blood cells were so high, something other. And Sophie had a word. The Holy Spirit gave her a word. That was spiritual warfare. What's she supposed to do with that word? She's supposed to be speaking it out. Standing on that word. What was that word, Sophie? You remember? It was in Romans. Uh, oh, my goodness. It'll come to you. Yeah. I mean, I got it right here. I know where it is in the Bible. But she said, the Lord told me this. And I'm like, this is what we need to be standing on. That's a rhema word. You be standing on this word. He'll prepare you for battle. Yeah, but my, we, we my just, grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. He kept telling her. So, and the Lord delivered him from that. All the, she, the doctor said, I've never seen any blood cells this high go back down like that. Never. Doctor was flabbergasted. Didn't understand it. It was all Jesus, but it was a spiritual attack. And if we have done nothing, who knows when my son would still be here today if we hadn't fought a good fight. You got to fight. You got to do your part. Jesus will not do all your fighting for you. Because it didn't go away immediately. No. It was, a, it was a process. Yeah. You have to stand. The Bible said, after you done put on the whole armor of God, after you done all you know to do, stand therefore. I done done everything I know to do. I done prayed everything I know to pray. I done done, I done, I done praised the Lord. I done prayed. I done done everything that I know how to do. Now I have to just stand. Stand means I ain't backing up. I ain't going backwards. I ain't retreating. I ain't going to be fearful. I'm going to continue to fight this fight. I'm going to stand here like a soldier. He's put there to guard a gate. He, he got to stand there and not let nobody through. He got to stand there. Do his part. And if he got to use that gun, use it. Don't let nobody through that gate. But uh, it's, a, it's so much to learn about the believer's authority. But this is a key part. Knowing who you are in Christ, putting on the whole armor of God, and speaking truth, knowing who you are, and don't let the devil push you around. Remember, the believer's authority is not pushing God around. It's not making God do what you want him to do. What, what you need the believer's authority for is to stand your ground against the wiles of the devil. He's going to come. But you don't have to submit to him. You don't have to let him rule and reign over you. You are to rule and reign because you're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have the name above all names. You have the weapons of your warfare. You got these weapons. You got the blood. You got the word. You got the Holy Ghost. It's impossible to lose if you use your weapons. Some people just try to wait the devil out. Wait him out. Well, he's going to go sooner or later. Kind of like a storm coming through. Well, we just going to wait. We're just going to get in the basement. We're going to hide. And we're going to wait for the storm to go over. It's going to go. We just got to wait it out. Just stay down here and hide. That's how some people treat the devil when he comes. We ain't supposed to run into the basement and hide. When we under spiritual attack of the devil. We're supposed to 
Hey, if you hear a tornado, get out there on the porch and take authority. Y'all say, you crazy. Can't stop no tornado. Shoot. I believe you can. You got more authority than you think you do. Jesus calmed the wind and the, and, the, and, the, and the waves by speaking to them. Peace. Be still. Did he not? Yes, he did. You got authority. Use it. If you don't use it, ain't going to help you none at all. You ain't got no questions. Still going? Okay. Breastplate of righteousness. If you don't put your armor on, you're vulnerable. Put it on. Walk in it. Know who you are in Christ. 